we could stand, and if you look in your bulletin, we have a hymn, a song. Woke up this morning. And it talks about freedom. But I was thinking the first two words are woke up. Because you can't have freedom if you didn't wake up. And so I'm thankful to be here in front of you because God woke me up this morning. So I'd love for you to sing this with me. And I'd like to invite you to let the vibrations of the band pass through your body. And you feel those vibrations and, and your body may feel like it wants to move. And so I'd like to invite you to move. You can stay still. There's nothing wrong with staying still. But sometimes your body is like, I want to move. And you're like, don't you dare move. Don't you dare move. You know we don't move. We just stay just like this. And so I'm inviting you to listen to your body today. That's part of being woke. You have to realize your body's speaking and there's something it wants to do. Would you join me? Woke up this morning with my mind. your side if you don't want to move but your body feels some kind of pulse can you tap if you don't want to move or you can do both you can tap and move you want to really get your body into this it's going to change your life you're going to receive things differently it's going to open something up i'm just letting you know woke up here go woke up this morning with my mind for the prayer of thanksgiving. Good morning, God. We thank you for waking us up this morning and fiercely saying to us with great love, you are free. 
We thank you that in that freedom of your love, we are celebrated, each expression of you, your creativity, your abundance, your sensuality. You celebrate our caramel colored, our dark chocolate colored, our hues of peach colored skin tones. They are you. Our queer, our bi, our straight, our gay are all expressions of you. We thank you for holding all of us, all of our emotions, and every dream. And we thank you again and again. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Thank you. I am so excited to invite all young people, young or young at heart, up to the stage. This is the message for all ages. So if you are here for the first time, you can come up with a grown-up. You can come up by yourself. You can meet our We Care friends that are first to the stage. Hopping on our blanket. Hello, Sarah and Eddie. We got Luke on his baptism coming. Come join me, friends. I got new and old friends. I love seeing these faces. Please use the stairs. <laughs> Please use the stairs next time. Okay. We got to be safe. Keeping everyone safe in here. Today, my friends, you are going to hear a sermon from Pastor Jackie. Hi, Koemi. You're a little late, but you're good. You're never late. You're good. You're good up here. We are going to hear a sermon that comes from one of Jackie's favorite poems in the Bible. And this poem is from Psalm 139. This poem says that you, all of you young people, uh-huh, I'm looking at you. You are awesomely and wonderfully made, made in the image of God, made by God, designed by God. So that's a wonderful message to be reminded of. But I got to be honest, that sometimes I feel a little unclear about myself. And I wonder if you ask some of these questions too. Sometimes I think, am I smart enough? Am I fast enough? Am I strong enough? Am, am I going to have people like me? Yeah? Do you ask some of those questions? No. No? <laughs> well, go girl, because that's what we're working for, a world where we don't have to ask that. But I got to be honest that I know some grown-ups out there are like me and might ask those questions too. Am I smart enough? Am I fast enough? Here's the thing. Even if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling kind of alone, maybe those questions make you feel alone, there is the reminder that you can share those feelings, that we think those feelings of feeling sad or alone, you can tell someone about that. I want you to know that I am a safe person. There are grown-ups out there. There are teachers that are safe people to share all your feelings with. Oh, you got Panda Bear back. Good. So God wants to know your feelings too. And God does know your feelings because God made you. So besides the message that you are designed by God, you are loved by God. And when God made you, God knew you before you were even born. And God wants to be close to you and to know all those feelings. The sad days and the happy days. The sad days where you feel like, mm, do I have to pretend to smile? God wants to know those days with you. And I want to give you each a book that has this message in there even more that says, you are so wonderful. Because you are so wonderful. And Pastor Jackie wrote this book based on Psalm 139. And when we sing Sia Humba, I'm going to put a copy of this book in all of your hands today. Every kid from We Care through high school is going home with You Are So Wonderful today. Yes. If, if you already have a copy, I want you to know you can share it with a friend. Maybe you have a friend who needs that reminder that they are awesomely and wonderfully made, that they are designed by God. If we had a clothing label, if we had a designer label printed on us, it would be DBG, designed by God. Okay? So let's say a prayer together, friends, thanking God for making us, for knowing us in all of our feelings. Let's hold hands if you're comfortable and we'll say this prayer together. Dear God, thank you that you made us. Wonderfully and awesomely. Thank you that you know us. And all our feelings. Remind us today 
that we are designed by you. Amen. All right, let's sing Sia Humba, friends. As the kids find their seat, just one uh, quick additional announcement for June, which is Pride Month. Uh, we have lots going on um, and too many things to list right now. Uh, but if you go to the website or uh, check the bulletin in the coming weeks, you'll see them all. One important one is next week we are having a sign-making party and art build in the middle. Uh, so we'll do that for Pride and for Poor People's Campaign, uh, which we're busing to on uh, Saturday, June 23rd, and then our big Pride March is June 24th uh, after worship uh, if you come on that Sunday. But next week on the 17th, if you come a little early at 1045, uh, we'll be tie-dyeing shirts and making uh, uh, art. Um, and then we'll have a special Pride in the Bible Bible study on June 24th um, and plenty of other activities going on uh, around our collegiate system. So if you would uh, please find a posture of prayer that's comfortable to you as we enter a moment of silence uh, and meditation. Oh, holy creator God, we give you thanks for waking us up this morning. Thankful that most mornings we do wake up. As the poet says, let awake people be awake. Because so much in our world and lives can draw us back to sleep. Asleep to the concerns of our family, neighbors, friends, communities, asleep to the divine spark in each person, including our own. Pray especially for all those who are struggling right now, for whom waking up is a hardship. Getting out of bed, getting out of the house takes a great effort. That each day is a struggle. We ask that you wrap your arms around them now, online and with us here and around the world. Oh God, we pray especially also for those who have died from suicide we commend their spirits to you in the great adventure hereafter that you are holding them now. We pray for all those left behind as well because we know that those who mourn are blessed. And we know it looks different in different places and words can't quite get it right in how we want to talk about it. We know in Puerto Rico there is uncounted suicides after Maria that doesn't get into the official count. In India, farmers dying from suicide, other victims of climate change that don't get counted. Pray for all those who have disenfranchised grief, uh, unsanctioned grief. Let us be your mirrors to your people. We can't control people, but we can be mirrors. We can bear witness to an alternative, bear witness that life isn't always like this, that it won't always be this way. 
we can bear witness to a love, a love that, in the words of Baldwin, take off the masks that we fear we cannot live without and we know we cannot live within. Let us be that love. Let us be comfort for, to the afflicted and disturbers to the comforted, comfortable, just as you are. In this time and in this place, let us leave this place different than how we came. Let your spirit move through each person here that you have handpicked to be with us. You are with us. In your many mighty, loving, and tender names we pray. Amen. If you would please rise as you are able and hold hands as you are willing as we recite the Lord's Prayer in whatever language and version you see fit. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign, the power, and the glory forever. Now please pass the peace of God to your neighbor and pass it like you mean it.
Good morning, Middle Fam. I'm reading from Psalm 139, Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's so high, I can't attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast is the sum of them. I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. Amen. Amen. Hey. That's middle member and amazing artist, Karen Pittman. Thank you, Karen. So say a prayer with me, please. God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock and our redeemer. And P.S., by the way, don't let me cough. Amen. <laughs> Who's having the worst allergies of their life? Right in here. Woo. What's up? Do you need some water? Okay. Living while woke. I'm a person who loves to dig around in words and find the etymology and the root of them. So I'm gonna tell you more about woke today than you ever thought you would know. For example, did you know that the word woke has a history that dates all the way back to 1962? Woke was researched by the Oxford lexicographers as having its root among African Americans as early as the 20th century. In fact, the first example of this word was when woke was listed in a glossary of African American slang with the definition, well-informed, up-to-date. Mm -hmm. And this glossary was part of a 1962 article written by African-American novelist William Melvin Kelly in the New York Times entitled, If You're Woke, You Dig It. See how dated that is? <laughs> and he was criticizing, back in the day, white beatniks appropriating black slang. Nothing new under the sun, huh? We might say. But by the following decade, we have evidence of this word being used by others, like author Barry Beckham, who writes, I've been sleeping all my life, and I'm going to, and Mr. Garvey, as in Marcus Garvey, done woke me up, and I'm going to help him wake up other black folk. Then you can fast forward to Erica Badu singing in a song um, 
master teacher. She talks about I stay woke, and everybody knows what she means. And of course, by the time we get to the tragic, um, I'm going to say, assassination of Trayvon Martin in 2013, the Black Lives Matter movement, the hashtag Black Lives Matter, and the hashtag Stay Woke become a whole part of American lexicon, right? So like any word like this, any expression like this in the, in the zeitgeist, if you will, the meanings change. And as I'm digging around for Stay Woke, I find this fascinating article by this nice white woman who talks about seven stages of white wokeness. It, it is funny and interesting at the same time. So I'm going to just say a little bit of what she says. Stage one, recognition. Right. Freddie Gray is tossed around in the back of a van. Eric Garner's choked. And the white person is like, oh my God, what is happening in the world? Recognition too. Research, she says. Then the white person starts finding all kind of books to read, like Ta-Nehisi Coates and, you know, go, just picking up some black literature, reading some James Baldwin. Three, feel. She says, the white person starts asking themselves, well, what do I do with my privilege? How do I manage moving in the world as a white person? And they start feeling guilty, they feel angry. There's a cycle about this. Four, connect. This is just, this is her, her, her seven stages. She says, now the white person goes deep into the world of black Twitter. This made me laugh. I don't go deep into the world of black Twitter. But she says, the white people go deep in the world of black Twitter. They start following DeRay McKisson. They start wearing his blue vest, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And they tweet his tweets and retweet his tweets, right? I hope you're laughing, white people, because I love you and I'm just teasing. Um, <laughs> Five, defend. Now, now you're, you're waking up and you cannot be silent. So you're on Twitter like, mm-hmm, on Facebook, uh-huh, sure you're right. And you're, and you're hashtagging, you know, stay woke all the time. Stage six, purge. Suddenly there's a phase of muting and disconnecting and hiding posts and unfollowing people. So the, every woke white person, she says, purges their account of all their racist friends, or at least their unpolitically correct friends. Unfriend, unfriend, dump, dump. <laughs> and finally, and I think this is where she's really serious, is that eventually the white people, like maybe all of us, are beginning to dream a dream you know, a dream that we can make the world a better place, a dream that we can check our privilege, we can collaborate with each other, and maybe even, these are my words now, maybe even dream God's dream. Anyway, thought you that would make you smile. But why so much on the word woke? Um, I think you know, those of you who've been with me for the 14 years I've been here, unleashed. I would preach Psalm 139 every other week, and I would alternate it with Romans 8. And all of it would be, God loves you, God loves you, God will never leave you. But this text came back up in the lectionary again, and I have to look for the fresh word. What's the fresh word? And it's the first couple of times I heard that the New Revised Standard Version that Karen read is actually the only English version that says, I come to the end, in verse 18. I come to the end, and I am with you. Almost all the other English versions say, I wake up and I'm with you, or I arise and I'm with you. So I'm like, well, what's that word? What's the word that could mean come to the end and also wake up? And the Hebrew word is kutz. K-Q-U-T is the root. Kut. 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 And this word has three kind of meanings, really, as, as far as I could research around in the Hebrew. And the first one is um, to wake up from the dead. So come to the end, I come to the end and I'm still with you. Or I resurrect and I'm still with you. I get up out on that great getting up morning, right? And I'm still with you. Like, oh, okay, okay, I see that, I hear that. That's in Daniel and, and in other texts. Am I still here? The second meaning is, of course, I wake up from sleep. So. That's how you get rise up. I rise up, I wake up from sleep, and I'm with you. And it's just one more of the psalmist's affirmation that no matter where the psalmist goes, God is there. As Karen said, down in Sheol, 
up in heaven, at the far end of the sea, or just up in the morning before I have my coffee. And I'm cranky town. Hello, John Jenka. <laughs> all of those times, God is with me. All of those ways, God is with me. But the third meaning, which is the one that really intrigued me today, is to wake up from stupor. Like to wake up from being unconscious. To wake, from, wake up from being oblivious. or To pull one's head out of the sand. To wake up from unconsciousness to consciousness. In other words, to be woke. So then I'm ready. Like, okay, well, that's, that's awesome. So what does it mean then to live while woke? What does it mean to live while woke? The psalmist wants us to live woke to the ever-present, never-leave-you-no-matter-what love of God. So that's the first thing, to live conscious and confident that there is absolutely nothing that separates us from the love of God. That's the way Paul says it. But like, how would our living be if every single day, day in, day out, we moved in the world as though there was nothing that could disconnect us from the holy, from the lover, from the beloved, from, the, from God, however you name that beautiful, powerful, loving force, nothing. Like, think about the way you'd live your life. The psalmist wants us conscious of that, that we are partnered with a holy other who sees us, knows us, we can't fake it, knows all the words before we speak them, don't need a mask, don't need a false self, therapist, just might as well be true, because God knows you anyway, and God loves you anyway. And if God loves you, that's a good thing. So that's one. Living woke, though, also I think is about living in a self-aware place. In other words, living in an emotionally intelligent place, a place where we are conscious of and cognizant of our own interior life. Many of us who grew up in church or synagogue grew up thinking about ourselves as selfish or navel-gazing or narcissistic. And to be sure, there can be some narcissism around looking at the self, but if we're not looking at ourself, it's sort of like being a walking dead person. Like you're not in touch with your own heartbeat, not alive to your own passions, not aware of the things that have hurt you or made you suffer or caused you pain or your yearnings and your desires or even vocation, the way God is speaking to you about you, to you. To move in the world unaware of ourselves makes us kind of a living dead person, but also a person able to inadvertently harm others because we're not conscious of us, right? So I'm saying today, living while woke means living in a faithful interrogation of our lives, like journaling, writing in the artist's way, being in touch with what's clicking inside us, having a good spiritual director or having a good therapist or even a good friend. Practicing yoga, you know I fall down when I do that, but I, I, I'm getting better. But to be still enough to know what's wiring us, that's two. Conscious of God and God's never leaving you love, but also really aware of ourselves. Three, I think living while woke means the other half of emotional intelligence, which is to be really conscious of the other, to really be conscious of the world around us, like we are not an island. We are a community. We're family. So what does it mean for us to be conscious of our neighbor? I haven't seen Mrs. Johnson in a few days. I wonder what she's doing. To be conscious of our neighbor here. Where is Beckett today? Or, oh, I've been missing... I don't know. I've been missing Peter. Where's Peter? wonder how Peter's doing. I love, we love, the staff loves when you call us and say, did you know? 
so-and-so's father is sick or had you heard that so-and-so was in the hospital? Like, thank you. So we can respond. We're all, all of us, we are each other's keeper. <laughs> I mean, it makes good song lyric to say we're not, but in fact, we are. We're, we're, we're conscious beings, sentient beings who love to be in relationship and need to be in relationship to be really who we are. My friend Shannon Daly Harris wrote this really beautiful book called Hope for the Future. It's about a call to justice for our children. And one of the things that she does in here is she tells amazing stories. This one she told was so harrowing to me. I was like, I had to put it down before I read the end. But there were two women out bike bicycling, good friends. And um, it was uh, Anne uh, who was riding with Debbie and a mountain lion, Shannon says, jumps out of nowhere and in a kind of flurry of fur and fangs, bites Debbie on the head. Oh yeah, like clamps onto her helmet and drags her off her bike and begins to drag her to the woods. And, and um, her friend got off her bike and threw the bike at the mountain lion. And the lion is undeterred, still dragging her off into the woods, still stops a second, bites her, and then keeps dragging. And what does her friend do? Her friend grabs onto her leg and holds on for dear life in a tug of war with this mountain lion, screaming and screaming and screaming. And, the, and the, of course, the injured woman is like, oh my God, oh my God. And the friend says, I will not let you go. And tugs and tugs and tugs and makes so much noise that pretty soon other bicyclists come around the corner and they're all throwing rocks at this mountain lion and the mountain lion eventually lets go and runs off into the woods. We might not ever, please God, have to drag our friend out of the mouth of a lion. But I'll bet you our friends need us to hear their cries for help. And they may cry for help by behaving something different and you just notice it and you say, what's up, my love, you know? Or they may tell you, I don't, I'm not feeling like I can be here anymore. They may express those kinds of of uh, suicidal ideations. And there's gonna be a resource that you can take with you today um, so you can know how to have this kind of conversation. But also up on our website, like how do we deal with our friends and our loved ones, our partners who have had these kinds of feelings, who are expressing these kind of feelings. And not just that, how do we deal with our children when they lose a lot of weight or when they suddenly have different behavior patterns? How do we, what do we, what do we notice about their withdrawing? Have they been bullied on the playground? So this kind of antenna up about our neighbor, whether the neighbor's family or friend or partner or loved one or classmate or middle person, we are called to be awake to each other. And the third thing I get, and this is four, that I get so much criticism about politics at Middle Church just makes me giggle. Um, they'll just be friends in the Twitter sphere who will say, you know, but did she say anything about Jesus? Or, you know. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Why are you talking about justice? Uh, um, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God. Jesus wasn't talking about justice, okay. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Um, ah, no, I don't think Jesus was political. Okay, did you see me in prison? Did you come visit me? Uh, did, you, did you see me naked and did you clothe me? Uh, I just have to hoop it to him, you know, yeah! Jesus and justice, you say Jesus, I say justice. Synonyms, synonyms. It's like a little cheer. Jesus, justice, I mean. <laughs> that we would act as though it's an either or, it's a shocking thing. When Jesus comes to ministry in a time of Roman occupation and terror, and everything he's saying therefore is about the people, which is therefore about politics. We who are the people of God, we who are the body of Christ, it's not like, oh, by the way, we're actually called 
to be conversant with the political, social, ethical, cultural world in which we live and have our lives. We have to do that because every Sunday we pray, your reign come on earth as it is in heaven. It's a revolutionary prayer for revolutionary people called by God to boldly move in the spaces we are to make the spaces better and more whole. So being woke is being awake to God's dream. Being awake to God's dream and making it our dream and living out loud our call to love, love, love is love is love, is love is love. This is our job to live while woke. Darkness seems to have prevailed and has taken the forefront. But the United States of America has never been about the true higher good of the people. Know and remember this. Cling to your faith. Roll your spiritual sleeves up and get to work. Use your energy wisely. Transmute all anger, panic, and fear into light and empowerment. Mourn as you need to. Console who you need to. And then go get into the spiritual and energetic arena. There's plenty work for us to do within and without. Let's each focus on becoming the president of our own life. Cultivate your mind. Pursue your purpose. Shine your light. Don't take fear, defeat, or anger on or in. The system is doing what it's been created to do. Are you? Am I? Are we collectively? Let's get to work. No more drifting through life without your higher self in complete control of your mind. Awaken, fully activate now. Put your frustrations or concerns into your work. Don't lose sight. There is still a higher plan. Let's ride this four-year energetic wave like the spiritual gangsters that we are. This will all be in the past soon. Let's get to work. Stay dedicated, consistent, diligent. We defeat evil by getting in touch with the part of us that is invulnerable to its effects. Our higher vibrational self. Stay woke, my friends. Let's get to work. Good afternoon, Middle. Have I got a story for you. So about three Saturdays ago, I was sitting at the bar of my favorite restaurant, having dinner, or planning to, and I was chatting with the bartender about what the specials are, what's the right wine to go with, what's going to be on the menu tonight, chatting with the people who were standing at the bar waiting to get their tables, and then he said to me, I know you've had a tough week, so I get you're going to sleep in tomorrow morning, meaning Sunday morning. And I said, no, my volunteer partner is out of town, so I have to go do Butterfly. There was a stranger sitting at the bar, and he said, what's Butterfly? <sighs> Great question. <laughs> Which I laid on him all of the answers about Butterfly. And then he said, so... How much does that cost, you know? I said, well, we do 180 sandwiches, packages every week between April and November. And so it's roughly about $75 a week. He said, wow, how long have you been doing that? I said, 18 years. He stared at me for a moment. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see that he was going in his pocket and moving his fingers a little bit. And he came out and handed me folded bills. So I took them, thanked him profusely, 
just stuck them in my little purse and didn't look at it again until Sunday morning, because I was going to write Rebecca a note to say, "Here's some a small offering, small offering for a butterfly." So I started counting the bills. There were ten fifty-dollar bills, five hundred dollars. This total stranger gave a generous gift. So middle, we have the need, an urgent need for your generosity. We need you to support the preparation, the packaging, and the delivery of Butterfly. 9:30, we pack, we make the sandwiches. 11:45, we package the bag up, and at one o'clock, a group will deliver to two parks: Tompkins Square Park or Sarah Roosevelt. We really need your support with this now. This is our feeding ministry. This is our hands and feet in the world on God's behalf. So think about living your wokeness, helping butterfly be in the world. Thank you.
ever-loving God, we are so grateful for the coins and paper in these offering bags and for the recurring donations already pledged and those we know will be coming. We thank you for all those who currently volunteer for Butterfly and for those who will respond to our urgent call for support. Thank you, ever-loving one. May we return your love through our actions for others. Amen. Amen. That's just hot. It's hot. It's hot. You feel, feel like you're in New Orleans and you can be just, you know, doing the thing. Oh my goodness. That was so, so I just want to take time to say the names of our beautiful band. Dion McLean Freeney just rocks it all the time. Dion McLean Freeney. All the time. We bow to you. We bow to you. Basics on bass. Just slamming. Just slamming. No, that's not Boom Boom, that's Jonathan Peretz. And, and he is super bad. Thank you, Jonathan, we love that you're here. And Jeremy's always slamming on that Hammond, but he also directs our traditional gospel ensemble. We love you, Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa and Alex, for singing today. Thank you for bringing your beautiful gifts to us. And now, and now yeah, clap for them. And now I'm wanting to make eye contact with you. That's why I'm on the chair. By the way, hi, y'all. <laughs> you brought the kids back. Every time you come here and bring your beautiful selves, you make middle who we are. We're not us without you. Right? We're not us without you. And if you're visiting, you bring a special flavor of your gifts to us. And we hope you'll always feel like you can come back, whether there's a baptism or not. <laughs> But here's what I want to say to you. We are, all of us, a sans French. Mm -hmm. Un poquito Spanish. A little bit, yes, poquito, a little bit of who God is. That's what it means to be created in God's image. We reflect God, we are some of the stuff of God. God has created us awesomely and wonderfully just exactly as we are. How we look, who we love, how we love them, our hopes, dreams, fears, all of that, all of that is the stuff of God, the stuff of God's dream. So if we're living woke, we're living in touch with the dream. We're living conscious of the lover who will never let us go.
We're conscious of our own stuff. We all got a little stuff, and our job is to take it from big to small to small, pretty soon a fanny pack, and pretty soon our stuff's on our iPhone. I don't know, but just to be conscious of our stuff and interrogate our stuff, right? Our stuff is stuff. We got it. It's good. To be aware of each other, to love each other, and to be aware of the socio-political world that needs us. Our babies need us to do that. Got new babies in the house. We need to do that. It is not irreligious to be political. It's religious to be political. It's spiritual to be political. So when you get through with worship, you'll go back here and you'll buy some of the pride t-shirts. There's v-neck ones for girls like me, holla. And they're all $20 and we can't wait for you to have one in your hand. You are the body of God. Go and be love. Amen.